1: Invictus and Athena Victory celebrate the mythic impulses of ancient Greece and Rome, and they invite you to celebrate with them.
0: Welcome to Voice of Olympus.
1: and welcome to Voice of Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus and I will be your host for the evening. This is our Optimal Wellness Show and our first segment is dedicated to Mythic Fitness. We have as our guest Bernard Boussicot of Tika Stretch Studios in Englewood. Greetings and welcome Bernard.
2: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Greetings everyone.
1: Now, um, I was uh, pretty amazed with what I saw at your booth. It was rainy and windy out, so that everybody gets the full impression, and uh, the wind and the rain was hitting against the plastic that protected the the vendors. But you and your um, uh, partner seemed very uh, happy. You were dancing, and uh, uh, you greeted everybody with a smile, and... uh, Um, You uh, talked about uh, your uh, fitness uh, regimen and related uh, projects, so uh, that type of enthusiasm and that type of uh, um, spirit needs to be celebrated and shared, so why don't you tell us about uh, your journey towards uh, establishing Kika Stretch?
2: Okay, thank you, yes. Um, Well, start off me, my wife, and my brother—we are the three partners in the Kika Stretch. Okay. Uh, Kika Sh- Kika Stretch is actually a franchise that we joined. Uh, but before we before I joined the franchise, I am a registered nurse. As long as along with my wife, we're both registered nurses. So I I am in already the health and wellness profession. So when mm-hmm. I found when I found this franchise about stretching that, you know, and I know the importance of stretching and what you need for your body and how taking care of your body is the most important thing. Cause that is the true wealth, which is your health. Yes. And you know, I was totally sold on, on, on the franchise because think about it. Nobody, i never thought about stretching like a full session of stretching after any kind of physical activity. I just go to the gym, go about my day, maybe do a couple mm-hmm. of static stretches here and there, but nothing to the, to uh, as intense as this stretch as we do in the Kika stretch studio. So once I knew what the, what the stretch method was, I, I fell in love with it and we joined the franchise and we just opened up in Englewood on, on, in January. And we're just here in the community, just trying to, you know, reach everyone and, stretch our goal is to stretch the world the one person at a time that's the goal for
0: us
2: (laughs) yeah Um, so we're here just trying to introduce ourselves to the to the to all of Bergen County starting with Englewood
1: Very awesome, and you've made a foray into Tenafly, which is how we connected, and uh, um, I'm hoping that some of our audience will become uh, curious and and check you out uh, in uh, Englewood. Now, um, can you share a little bit about, um, like, for instance, I stretch before uh, each uh, workout, uh, because stretching Mm -hmm. feels good. And after I've warmed up my muscles, the stretch uh, reduces my chance of uh, injury or of doing an exercise incorrectly. Uh, But you're dividing the entire workout to stretching. So how would I expand my optimal wellness uh, by doing more uh, stretching rather than during warm-up and cool-down?
2: Well, the thing is with the stretching, after you put your body through – all of the stress as far as exercising, even just your daily life, whatever job you have, whether you work and sit at a desk, whether you're a truck driver, it's the, it's the fact that you are elongating that muscle over time, which also creates better circulation for that that muscle, that area, that body part. And like you said, it's also prevention from injury because a lot of times we're just about moving and going. You don't have time to just, it's the recover and relax phase. That's what we're here for, is to help you recover and and relax and lengthen that muscle, get good circulation, prevent your injuries. And as you get older, your muscles get tighter, you're less flexible. That's why you get injured, you can't reach your toes, you can't get down and play with your grandchildren, you can't be the person you used to be. Because as you progress and get older, you don't use it, you lose it. So you got to stay flexible and keep your body feeling young because you're as old as you feel. So some people are young, but they feel old. Like I have some clients come in, and they can barely touch their toes. So what we try to do is just cater each session, each stretch to what you have going on. That's why it's one-on-one with the coach because we want to dedicate that to what you're going through. So if you have tight hamstrings, we can focus there. You have tight hip flexors, we can focus there. So each person is different. Everyone's tight in different areas, so we can listen to your body. We're always doing a full assessment just before we even take you into the stretch session. We assess everything. We make sure there's no injuries, that you need a doctor's clearance to get stretched, if that's the case, because we're not going to do anything if it's against medical advice, right? So we make yeah. So we make sure we cover all bases before we just start stretching. It's not just jump in and we're just stretching everyone. We do an assessment on each client individually first, and then we put you through your session for your stretch. Yes, we have a series of stretches that we do, but we can cater it to you and your needs. As an individual
1: And it's very good that you have that uh, Medical background in uh, nursing You and your wife uh, Because yes. Uh, yes. Uh, your assessments Will be uh, much uh, deeper And more comprehensive than someone Who doesn't have that background
2: Right, and yeah. I'm able to Understand and comprehend If someone has any kind of Spinal injuries You know, any kind of fusions Neck fusions, this bones fuse together So we kind of understand what you can and can't do and what type of range of motion we need to put you through. And, you know, we, I have a better understanding of that the human body and what, you know, what you can and cannot do. So once I assess you, it will take you through a few stretches. Then I can plan all the stretches ahead because we have packages that we sell and we have a flexible pack where you can buy a package of 10 stretches and you can share with, anyone you can keep them from yourself or you can stretch with anyone so if you love them once you feel the method you love the method and you like to share the method if you feel generous enough you can (laughs) offer one of your stretches to someone and and they can come in and have that experience and then they can choose to buy their own package from there so we just we take it one step at a time
1: now, one of the things that surprised me as I was uh, reviewing your information was that um, a, a session is very affordable, too. So you've made it easy for people to, uh, um, yes. to experiment or to try it out.
2: Right. So we have a 60-minute session, which is $90, and we have a 45-minute session, which we, it's $80. So we do make it affordable. You can come and What I do recommend for you know, first-time clients just wanting to try it out and feel the true benefits of stretching, I would offer—I mm-hmm. would say—a 45-minute stretch would be best, just so we can kind of figure out what's going on, what are your ailments, and take you through the series of stretches. And then, even and what we do—we also assess you before to give you your age. We'll give you your age and stretch years to let you know where <laughs> you're at. i never heard that. <laughs> That's <Man>. unique. <laughs> Yes, and then at the end of the session, we'll show you how much you've progressed in just one session. We'll show you the benefits of what one session can do for you. So it's measurement. Yeah, there's measurement. So we'll measure you, and we'll measure you now in the beginning, and we always measure you after your 10th stretch so we can see your progression. Like, okay, you started here. This is where we are today. And this is where we continue from. You don't want to ever get back to where you where you first started. It's mm-hmm. it's all about consistent. It's all about the consistency of coming back. Maybe once a week, twice a week, depending on how tight you are. Some people come once a week. You just put it in your calendar once a week. Your hour, your 45 minutes. That's your time for you. Because like I tell my clients, who's gonna take care of you? Only you. You're in charge of that. So. Make the time. Make the time for yourself. Because we're always running around taking care of everyone else, everything else, all this other business, and we neglect ourselves. So that's why I'm
1: here. Very, very true. That is awesome. That is a great uh, service. And uh, um, you're right. I haven't heard of anything like this. I've heard of, like, stretching exercises and stretching uh, classes. Uh, but not mm-hmm. uh, uh, optimal wellness uh, through uh, uh, stretching. What type of um, like improvements or benefits can somebody get from doing stretching on a regular basis?
2: Well, the stretching, well, the stretching not only, you know, helps promote better circulation, but you're going to feel, you're going to have an overall feeling of wellness. You're not going to be as tired because you're going to have more blood flow You're going to be standing a lot better. You're going to have better posture. You're going to, you know, you're going to, you know, like they say, you look good, you feel good. You know, you're going to, and it also, like, you're going to be able to do things that you weren't normally able to do as far as physical activity. You are more flexible. You bend a lot better. You know, there's not pain. You, You can stretch. You can, you know, get down, like a, a grandparent can get down on the floor and play with their grandchildren and not be afraid they can't get back up because we're, we're the ones taking you through these stretches that we're making sure that, you know, the muscles are nice and long and loose and relaxed. And then when, what we promote as well when you come for the stretch is also that relaxation. A lot of places you stretch and you just go, no, we, we promote relaxation. So the key is your deep breathing and just mm-hmm. putting yourself in getting that mindset in that relaxed zone. So we're kind of trying to teach you to relax, let go, and let me do it for you. That's the, that's the biggest part, that that's the biggest hurdle a lot of the clients have to get over as far as in the beginning is to just let go and relax. So once you've learned that, the sessions become a lot better. We can do a lot more and take your muscles and, and, and stretch and a lot of further than you to ever go on your own. So once you've learned how to relax, you can just trans, transition that into your own everyday life as far as, like, your work, stress. This is be your stress-relieving one-hour session every week. You know, you can, you know, release all the tension that you've had built up from the week's work, children, uh-huh. life. This is your time to come in, and then you have learned now to let go and relax. So this is like, because stress takes the years off your life. So if you yes, learn a method to help you relieve stress, that will elongate your life. You're in a better shape. You're in better physical condition. I mean, you know, that's, that, that you cannot put a price tag on.
1: So is that done through a, like mindfulness or progressive relaxation or meditation or as a result of the stretching?
2: Well, it's it's the result of the stretching because, like I tell okay. my clients, when I'm putting you through the stretch, you're going to use the breath to allow that muscle, that area, that, that spot of tension to release and, re- and let go. Because sometimes I put them through a stretch and you can hear them like, Uh, holding on to it. Like, I just keep saying, deep breathe and let it go. Once they let go, the body starts to sink a little lower. I'm not even pushing on them. They're just automatically going down lower than what they would have ever expected themselves to go. So I'm here to just help train, retrain their mindset as to let go, relax, and let me. That's the, that's the key. Once they're able to do that, I can take them as far as they can go on the stretch. And there's no pain. They don't, you know, when they come the next day, they're not saying, oh, I'm so sore. I don't, you know, did my back hurts? No. Everyone that I've, every client, the feedback is, I feel great. I feel so good. It's been like how many days and I'm still feeling good. I feel longer. I feel taller. You know, it's great feedback.
1: It sounds like it, and uh, you're right. A lot of people have a difficult time uh, letting go, and uh, the, mm-hmm. this uh, holding on creates all sorts of tensions which uh, affect yes. the body yes. in very real uh, ways, and it starts manifesting as yes. physical yes. conditions uh, um, after it's uh, already done its part on the mental and emotional arenas. Yes,
2: because if you believe it, it, it is true. If you hold on to that stress and tension in your body and your mind, it becomes real pain, like chronic pain. And people think that they have certain kind of ailments, and they go to the doctor and try to search. They do acupuncture. They they try to find a way. And then the whole time, all they had to do was just stretch the muscle out, relax, and let go. And they just don't know how. So I'm here to teach them how.
1: Wow, that is quite a mission, and it sounds uh, like very interesting uh, and yeah. uh, very much uh, needed. Uh, I saw at the table that you also had a line of uh, products. I didn't get a chance to really look at those or ask you about them, but it seemed uh-huh. to be uh, uh-huh. things that could be used in the bath and like oils and and things like yes.
2: that. Uh, well, we have as also? far as our, no problem. As far as our company, we have like stretch oil that you can you know spray on and you know releases tension it has nice essential oil some jojoba and some eucalyptus and menthol oils in there match Natu- all natural oil that you can help release tension and massage into your shoulders or your neck wherever you feel like you have a troubled area we have stretch oil for that we also sell socks like a nice gel lined sock which has grip on the bottom <laughs> that you can use for your stretch session But it also has essential oils in the sock that's almost like pampering your feet while you're relaxing and getting stretched out. So it's almost like a foot spa for your own feet, just to put it on, and your feet are nice and soft. Everybody has those calloused heels. It just softens and just pampers your feet for you. And that's that's what we promote, is just pampering. This is your time to take care of yourself. And we also partnered up with a company called CBD Living. So we offer CBD products. We have gummies, bath bombs, CBD-infused waters. We have tinctures. We have the oils, vapes, every, time, every line that we have, we have it all. So it just helps promote further relaxation. CBD was good, is good for pain, chronic pain, acute pain, anxiety, stress, depression. I have people with PTSD, clients it for their children who have ADHD. Instead of using, you know, the prescription meds that the doctors are prescribing them, they rather use something all natural. So they come to me for the CBD. I have cancer patients who come who have ailments, pain. Um, they they don't have any appetite. They use the CBD as as a pain reliever and help as something all natural, something that no side effects, nothing that's gonna, you know, further hurt the body. This is here to help, all natural. So that's why we partnered with CBD Living, because that company uses nanotechnology to extract the CBD, and in hopes that your CB1 and CB2 receptors can absorb 90% of the CBD to give you the most
1: efficacy. Wow, so it's uh, ancient and modern at the same time. Uh, You've taken... uh, ancient and traditional ways of uh, of uh, helping lead someone toward wellness, and, and you've introduced the cutting-edge uh, um, scientific mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> type of uh, yeah. technology yeah. from uh, the edge. You know, that, that's very interesting. Right, because
2: it's, it's just like me doing my nursing. Everything is scientifically backed and based, so you have to have that as well as introducing something as new as assisted stretching but we do have cbd that's you know there's clinical trials and studies to back what we're telling you and we we're, give, we're making sure that we partner with a great company that cause there's a lot of cbd products on the shelves and sometimes you don't know what you get and a lot of clients are worried about you know not failing drug tests or you know having too much thc in one and and everything is not you know so regulated but that's why we partner with CBD living because they extract the CBD solely and they make sure they use that nanotechnology to make sure that they're extracting just CBD. So you're getting high quality CBD. That's why we went, it's all about quality. So you get a good quality stretch and you get quality products to, to help you further relax when you get home.
1: And a lot of people constantly wrestle with that. Uh, And, uh, um what you know should they be doing should they be uh sticking with a traditional path uh the traditional path uh, there are articles in the paper that uh it doesn't always have your best interests uh, at heart when it comes to healing uh, and then there are unconventional uh, uh paths uh and then those two have their their stories and a lot of people are uh, at a point of uh, confusion um and also right. the health insurance companies don't cover uh, every modality of uh, treatment. So um, I'm true. thanking you for sharing all this information because I've never heard of uh, these. So I'm sure many people listening uh, or who will be listening in the future don't know too much uh, about it. We have shows yeah. where we focus on specific like products. So mm-hmm. I will definitely invite you to uh, that one so that you can talk more about it. Yes. Uh, uh, and we have shows definitely. on modality too. Uh, so uh, yes. we're, we're going to uh, be, be focusing on those. As well, today I just wanted to meet you and find out what you're all about. Uh, yeah, like I, said, I had appreciate the spirit you had. Uh, uh, yeah, and that was very lacking. Most people were complaining about the the cold. So uh, you guys had right. embraced the situation, and we're trying to make the yeah, most of it. Yeah, we
2: embrace it. Look, we're and here yeah. to to spread a great message and and really take care of everyone physically. So. We were here, and we just saw the opportunity to help everyone. So we weren't worried about the cold. We were just worried about making sure everyone knew we're here, where we're located. We want to see you. We want to help you. And we know everyone's here running, so everyone's active. So if you're active, you need to come see us because stretching is a necessity. It's it's not a luxury. It's not something that you do, you know, because you want to pamper here. No, this is a necessity to keep you going Strong. You have to take care of that body, the machine that, that you have. You gotta take care of it. So that's why we were high spirits. We didn't mind. It was cold. Yes, it was cold, but we're here to spread a positive message. So that kept us going. We were dancing. We had a great time, and you know we look forward to doing more events in, in, in the area because we have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful product that you know we're trying to just have make sure everyone can at least feel it, assess it, and just assess for themselves. Once because the proof, to me, is in the pudding. Once they feel the stretch, they'll know, like, yes, I need this, and I will be back. <laughs> so we were ready to just spread that message, and we were excited to be part of the JCC, Ruben Run. It was very exciting.
1: It, it sounds very exciting, and I'm definitely going to come to Englewood and check you guys out one day. I'll call beforehand and let you know when I'm coming. Um, now, yeah. I promote uh, primarily through Facebook and, like, other uh, my website and other social media, um, but as I expand, until I expand that circle, how can folks uh, find you? How can folks uh, uh, call in to schedule an appointment? Uh, how can they find out more um, about
2: you? You can, you can call in. Our phone number is uh, 201-568-1815. Um, we're right there in Englewood on West Palisade. The address is 40 West Palisade Avenue. We're located on the second floor. Um, You come in, you can check us out also on on Instagram. It's Kika underscore stretch underscore studio at Englewood. Uh, So you can find us on on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. So you put Kika Stretch Studio Englewood, you'll find us on Facebook as well. Um, And you can also go to KikaStretchStudio.com. We have an app, a Kika app, that you can download for your convenience, and you can book and schedule your appointments through the app. And we'll be able oh, to awesome. see that in our computer systems. Yes. So we have an app that makes it very convenient and easy for everyone to just book when, when they need to book and just see the availabilities of the coaches and put which coach they want to pick and what time slot. So everything is at that's, the tip of your fingers. Convenient. You can call it.
1: Yes. That's very convenient. Um, and I will post yes. a link to your website. I put a link to your Facebook, uh, your personal Facebook yes. page. Facebook group uh, and to an article that was written about you in the local uh, paper. Um, so I will yes. definitely put a link uh, um, to your website so that people can go explore and they can uh, uh, download the app and make an appointment.
2: Yes, we did have a nice article in the Jewish Standard. That was a wonderful, wonderful magazine, and we will definitely be working with them again. And i like to thank Brenda Brenda who took care of us and we will be seeing her again. So I guess I appreciate everyone in Englewood and, and the whole Bergen County who is willing to, you know, just see what we're about and listen and, and, and then give us a chance because we are doing something I believe is wonderful.
1: And the last question, one of several that I ask uh, to people is uh, you're going down a very positive path. You're introducing a lot of uh, uh, new things as well, reframing some uh, very old uh, things um, and reminding people of uh, the importance of stretching and their their body um, and releasing all the tension they've been storing up. If your dream continues as your company unfolds. What type of future are you trying to create for uh, Englewood and beyond Englewood to Bergen County?
2: Well, we're just trying to have everyone a lot more aware about health and fitness. And it's like, like the old saying, the more, you know, the further you'll go. So at least we want to educate everyone and you can still make the decision for yourself but at least you have all the information that you need so once we're just all we're here here is trying to educate the public on what products we offer that's great stretching is important for your body to keep you young and and, and, and vibrant and feeling good and loose and you know injury free so you know our our main goal is to have everyone in Bergen County Englewood maybe all over the world after we get done with our area just to understand the importance of health because a lot of people don't understand how important it is to stretch and keep your body fit and eat right and exercise. A lot of people miss that. They just think, you know, you just want to go to the gym and make money. Then they're missing the point. So we're trying to educate everyone so you can make better decisions going forward for your life. So you're not catching something because our, our hopes is to be, Preventative care, not after. You know, when everyone's just sick and trying to get better, we're trying to prevent all the ailments. So we're trying to keep everybody as young and as limber as long as we can.
1: Thank you. I love the boldness of your vision uh, and uh, the global uh, nature of it. And I'm looking forward to getting to learn more about and uh, about uh, your company and uh, talking to you some more. Have a wonderful yes, most, many blessings uh, to your family, and much success on your business.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having us, and we look forward to doing more podcasts with you. This was very wonderful, I'm very excited, and I just can't wait to do more.
1: Thank you, neither can I. Uh, <laughs> right. We're going to listen to a quick song, Winds of Change mm-hmm. by David Bard, and then we'll be back for our second segment uh, with uh, Ryan Foley, author, graphic novelist, and bodybuilder. Welcome back to Voice of Olympus I am Hercules Invictus And I am greatly honored to announce Our second segment uh, Which is Mythic Fitness And we'll be speaking with Ryan Foley, author, graphic novelist, and bodybuilder, uh, who's formed his own way of approaching bodybuilding, Fury and Strength, and has an awesome blog. And now, I'm really looking forward to learning about uh, what he promised, moral absolutism and how it relates to bodybuilding. Greetings and welcome. Uh, Thank you very much much for having me
3: back on. I've I've been looking forward to it.
1: Me too. And your topic uh, is phenomenally fascinating. I couldn't wait to, to learn more about it.
3: Good. Okay. Well, so uh, one of the things that that I take pride in uh, is is pulling from a variety of different uh, venues whenever it comes to, to focusing my my world view. And so being mm-hmm. a, a fan of fantasy and of writing, uh, I've spoken a lot about the writings of R. A. Salvatore. Uh, yes. R. A. Salvatore is uh, the creator of the character of Dresto Erden. Who's widely considered to be one of the one of the more popular heroes in, in fantasy literature. So, um, what one of the things that Salvatore brought uh, uh, he brought up a, an interesting topic in his uh, in his series that he did about Drest uh, homeland. Just a, a, a quick uh, overview for, for your okay. listeners who may not be familiar. Drest comes from a very evil society. Uh, it masquerades as a, as a proper society, but at the end of the day, it's, it's very evil in nature. And Drift decides to, that it doesn't ring true with his core values that he has for himself, so he turns his back on the society and decides to, to go out onto his own and leave that society behind. I'm fascinated by things like, uh, what would have happened if I would have been born – You know, somewhere, you know, like around the 1830s. And what if I was born in the Deep South? I'm, I'm curious to know what would my thoughts have been on, say, slavery. Um, Obviously, I'm, I'm a, I'm I'm against it. No no one's really going to raise their hands here and say, "Oh yeah, I'm pro-slavery." But um, it's, it's one of those things that I just find to be morally reprehensible. And but I wonder if you go through and you change the parameters, how would I have felt if I would have been born? In that society, so it's uh, you know would I have been more accepting of it? So it's it's that odd question that we have of nature versus nurture, and and I mm-hmm. think that argument continues to reign. And so so that's what's called uh, moral relativism, where you okay. go through and you base your morals based upon the society at at the time, and so the, the rules of society are, are dictating your morality. But then there's another frame of thought called moral absolutism. And so that is just where these are the rules. And uh, so here a little while back, there was, uh, th- there was a group of researchers, anthropologists uh, based out of the University of Oxford, and they did a survey of about 60 different cultures around the world. And what they discovered uh, were seven universal moral rules. And so I I did just a little bit of prep before the show because I wanted to make sure that I got them all right. Okay. Uh, But so the rules are uh, help your family, help your group, return favors, be brave, defer to superiors, divide resources fairly, and respect others' property. So these are seven rules that you can find in all of society – and they're considered all to be morally good. And what separates them is that there is no counter argument. So we can go through and we can have a, a difference in philosophies of, of say, uh, the difference between Republicans and, and Democrats or capitalism versus socialism. Uh, right. and so there's no definitive argument where they can come along and say, well, our way is right uh, and, and your way is wrong. But with moral absolutism, uh, you can come along. There, there's no society that considers these seven behaviors to be bad. And, and more importantly, there are no counterexamples. So I think we can all universally agree that murder is bad. And there's no society that comes along and says, no, nah, no, nah, that's okay. Let's just let our people go through and, and, and murder and do whatever they want. Uh, because it's, it's not for the betterment of society. Right. So I think one of these one of these moral uh, or one of these universal rules here, this uh, an absolutism that we can apply to this actually relates to bodybuilding in a a very in a very strange way, because there is no doctor on the planet that's going to come through and discourage you from exercising. There's no doctor on the planet that's going to discourage you from lifting weights, And so by doing it, because it is a, a betterment for you um, in, in every aspect. It is, I continue to preach that while it is, it's important for the building of physical fitness, obviously the physical aspects, that seems to be what everyone seems to, to dominate on. And, and obviously so. But I think that one of the differences that the bodybuilding or weight training, resistance training, is is the the, the buzzword that they use now,
4: which is essentially
3: yes. just lifting weights. So, but but so they'll they'll call it resistance training. But every single sport can be improved upon by you lifting weights by doing resistance training. And what separates uh, bodybuilding, or I think what makes it incredibly unique is that uh, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, I base a lot of my workout routines around muscle symmetry. So mm-hmm. uh, if for, for, if for every push that I'm doing, let's say, uh, like with a bench press, I try to counter that with a seated row. And so by doing that, I'm getting a push and pull. So that way I'm, I'm attempting to develop muscle symmetry. With bodybuilding, there are no – there are no body parts that you're not targeting in some way. Most bodybuilding routines focus around a complete and total workout of all your different muscles. That's the reason why you see bodybuilders go through and they'll do what's called a split. Uh, a split is really just a fancy term for, uh, okay, on this day, I'm going to do legs on this day. I'm mm-hmm. going to do chest on this day. I'm going to do arms. Uh, but, so you're trying to get a well-rounded physique. So it's uh Schwarzenegger talked about how you want your calves to be the same uh, circumference as your biceps. So you're having to go through and work out all your different muscles. So while I'm, I'm certainly not downgrading anyone that goes through and, and just does cardio, let's say they, they're just runners, uh, right. what they'll find is that if, if all you do is just run, then you're going to develop your quads in a tremendous fashion. But yes. what they'll actually end up seeing is a, an imbalance because the, like the glutes and, and the hamstrings, they're not going to be as developed as the quads. And so when you get one section of your legs that are overdeveloped and, and more importantly, the other, the backside of your legs, which are underdeveloped, that's when you're more likely to come across with an injury. And so that's why uh, bodybuilders promote that muscle symmetry and that well rounded physique. So, and, and so you can take anything, every sport, all sports, no matter what sport you're doing, if you go through and you add resistance training to that, to to your regimen, you're going to see an improvement in no matter what sport that you do. So, I mean, in that regard, I would almost want to argue that I think bodybuilding just might be the the ultimate sport because it can assist so many other sports that are out there. So right. if you play football, I mean, now obviously the, the other thing that we have to talk about whenever it comes to, to bodybuilding, because I think everyone thinks <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Oh, it's it's a bunch of big, you know, tough guys and they're all lifting up all this in, this incredible incredible amount of weight. Or you know, so if you say bodybuilder, you immediately think of the guys, you know, with the seven inch, or the, the seven foot shoulders that shrink down to a four inch pair of jockey shorts, and, and they've got uh, they're squatting, you know, and they've got so much weight on the bar that it's bending, and, and so they're in there, they're pushing just a, a tremendous amount of weight, and that's really not the case. It, it depends on what you're attempting to. It depends on what you want your physique to be. And how you train and how you lift and and what you lift and how many reps that you do, uh, that all dictates the type of body that you'll develop. So uh, I think a lot of people associate football players with the weight room, and obviously so because they're trying to get big and as strong as possible to be able to shove around their opponents. They want to be stronger than the other guys on the field. Uh, But, I mean, but this also can apply to basketball, baseball, swimming, all of it, it's, it's all tremendously improved by doing resistance training in the, in, in the gym. And these mm-hmm. are, this is not just my opinion of doing this. They've got the medical science now that have proven that this is, I mean, it's an absolutely fantastic level. You don't need a tremendous amount of equipment in, in order to do it. And, and I think one of the biggest problems that people come across, like if, if I mentioned, so, you know, so they may ask me, you know, how long have you been doing this? And, and, uh, you know, and they, and they talk about, you know, well, how do I get started? And there's been more than a few times where I've, I've talked with people about my journey and I can see that it's, it's apprehension. I don't want to use the word fear. That's not, that's not quite the right word. Um, right. But there's, there's an apprehension that they have in their minds and then they all tell me the same thing, you know, Oh, I, I don't even think I'd be able to bench press the bar and I'm, that's okay. You know, so, I mean, yeah, hey, okay. we all have to start. Yeah. We all have to start somewhere so that, you know, that's so, okay. So we'll start with the bar. We'll go and we'll develop. And, and then you'll start to see that development and that improvement. And then you, and then you go on from there. But I think one of the things that just, that the reason why I love talking about this and the reason why I, I like to try to get other people energized and, and excited at the thought of this is the aspect that I, I think a lot of people either they, they don't mention it in the in you know, the various articles that you have or, you know, because uh, if you're going to log into some bodybuilding website, a bodybuilding.com or something like that, uh, they're going to tell you, OK, we're going to do these exercises and you're going to get this and you're going to get that. And, you know, they're trying to drive content to their site to, you know, to to sell their 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 workout plan. And believe right. me, I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing them here in the least bit. I mean, you know, but uh, I think one of the reasons why I, I like talking about it is I like talking about the aspect of how it improves you mentally and how it improves you emotionally. And I think that there's not a, a large variety of articles out there that are promoting that to people. And and I think if you can start to drive that point home, uh, I, I think you can you can generate more interest. Because you can look at right. so one of my personal heroes. Uh, obviously, I'm an I'm enormous fan of, of Schwarzenegger. Uh, I'm an I'm an sure. enormous fan of John Cena. Uh, John Cena, former uh, uh, not a amateur bodybuilder uh, at the time, but then a professional wrestler, actor, uh, you know, really funny guy. Uh, so if I were to strictly compare myself to John Cena, I would consider myself to be a, a, a bit of a failure. Uh, because I'm I'm comparing myself to an an elite percentage of of athletes that are out there, right? And I think that's 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 probably what a, a lot of people do is you know they they see these guys in the gym or and, and girls, uh, you know they they see the guys and the girls in the gym and they think oh I I don't look like those guys and and so I'm not supposed to be here and and that's that's really not the case. I mean I found right. that people people who have struggled and have gone through. These bad times, they're more likely to reach back and help you and offer you just those, you know, subtle little words of encouragement to say, hey, you know, come on and, and stick with it. And then what you start to see is is an emotional improvement. And I, it sounds odd, almost you know, counterintuitive, but it, it really is. i um, if if you've got listeners out there and, and guys, if you're listening to me, and girls too. Uh, I mean, if you're depressed man, hit that iron. It's, it's one of the best antidepressants in the world. You don't have to, okay, so you're paying for your gym membership, uh, but, you know, you don't have to pay to achieve it. You don't have to take a medication for it. Uh, it's just, it's this incredible natural high that, that I get whenever I go through and I have a really good gym session. That's when I'm just, man, I'm excited. I'm ready to go out and face the day. And so it's, it's gotten to a point now – I have to go back and check my records. I, I think I'm uh, – but it was, it was in uh, – it'll be in June. Uh, June uh-huh. of this year, I, I will be – I will have been doing this for five years. And Happy anniversary. I'm, th- thank you.
2: Thank you. It's,
3: uh, I mean, it's, it was – man, it was hard. Well, it was tough to get started. I felt like a, I felt like a fraud. Uh, you know, I just, uh, uh, cause I was one of those people that I was like, oh, everyone's looking at me and I don't, you know, and I don't belong here. Um, and then I realized no one cares. <laughs> you know, everyone's all, they've got their own, you know, self-confidence they're issues. Stuff, and they're right. too, yeah. They're going through their own stuff. They're not paying attention to you. Uh, so you get in there and you do your thing. But, but what I've found is that this has just, it's improved me so much emotionally and mentally because uh, I say mentally because I have to go through and I'm doing studying, I'm, I'm doing research, uh, and I haven't done this kind of studying since I was back in college, you know? So, uh. so you're going through, you you're getting your mind right. Cause you're studying and you're analyzing it. Okay. And if I do this and I need to incorporate this into the system. So, you know, you're, you're striving to do better, uh, it, you know, from the mental aspect, you're improving emotionally Whereas most people, they just, oh, yeah, he's just in there working on his body. Well, actually, no, it's, it's a lot more than that. because it, And so when you start to tie those, all if you can tie all three of those aspects together, you feel better about yourself, you're doing your, your mental uh, exercises, and you're, you're flexing that, that mental muscle to try to figure out, okay, this is where I want to go, and how do I need to get there? Uh, and then the physical thing, as far as I'm concerned, that just kind of takes care of itself. Uh, but, you know, so it's that... It's that emotional improvement that I get that I, that I want to convey to people. So that way if they say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just not feeling it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm depressed, then this is an absolutely fantastic way to, to help improve your life in, in, in yes. every aspect.
1: Oh, m- most certainly so. I find that, uh, um, like I have, uh, I've been doing this my whole life on and off. And uh, I take uh, some breaks every now and then. And then when I'm back from break, I often have to start, like, not from the beginning, but from almost the beginning. And it's it's a process. And it takes a while to get to the point where I'm I'm doing the things that help me uh, grow and develop. And I'm always open to learning uh, uh, more. But it's a, a very important part of my day. It isn't something I, you know, curse or try to put off or... Uh, you know, like grit and bear it. it it's, it's a joy to be uh, lifting the poundages and to be working through the resistance and to watching uh, myself uh, um, conquer barriers and, and grow. It, it, it is such a great thing to have that in your life that uh, I agree. Um, it, it is something that's uh, that's wonderful.
3: I, I absolutely agree, and I think one of the other aspects is that once you start to see those levels of improvement, while you're always going to be your worst critic, uh, you know, it's, yeah. I always see areas that I, that I want to improve, but then I think there, there's also, there's that hidden component that comes along with it, uh, which, so I've, I've embraced this for the last five years, and now it's just something that I do every day. But you start mm-hmm. to go through and you start, making, you start making choices in your life where you decide, okay, I know that if I do this, it's going to set me back you know, X amount of steps. And instead, if I cut this negative aspect out of my life, I don't have to run quite so hard to get back to the place that I want to be. So right. one of the things that they talk about is that your muscles don't grow while you're, while you're working out. Your muscles grow while you sleep.
1: While you and rest, so,
3: yeah. So, yeah, so you're, you're resting, you, know, you go to sleep, and the body's going through, and it's fixing all those little micro tears that you did. Uh, and so you get to a point where you realize that that eight hours of sleep that you need is critical for your recovery in order for you to get back into the gym and start pushing more. So you start telling yourself, you know, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to stay up and I'm going to watch this TV show. I'm going to go to bed a little earlier than I usually do just because, you know, I want to be able to get up early and, and be rested and, and to be ready to go again. You know, so maybe it's a thing where, you know, I, I'm going to pass on that beer this time around, you know, just because I know there's there's right. X amount of calories in that. And I'd have to, oh I'd have to be on the treadmill, you know, for, you know, for half an hour in order to get rid of that one beer, uh, you know, so, so you go through and you start making these changes. And I think the majority of them are going to be, for the better. Uh, and so this is where I, I have to come back to. I can't see a doctor going through and complaining or uh, unless you're training at just an, an ungodly amount that, that your body is where you're not allowing your body enough time for recovery and you're risking right. some sort of potential burnout. But the human body is a magnificent machine. And I, I, I don't think you would have to be working out at just a nightmarish pace for an incredibly long time in order for you to get burned out to that level. So I I think a a doctor come along, they're going to tell you, uh, yes, by all means, take up some sort of, uh, you should take up some sort of exercise. And uh, so if you're going to do an exercise, in my opinion, you might as well do the best one. And I personally feel that bodybuilding is the the ultimate exercise because of all the, the reasons that we've mentioned here tonight.
1: I feel the exact same way. And uh, um, lately I've been thinking, what can I do to promote uh, bodybuilding more than I've been uh, promoting it? And uh, um, I'm greatly honored that you're part of that adventure because you're very articulate. You're very well-informed. You're entertaining in how you present your material and you're, you're possessed by the divine through your enthusiasm. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Ryan. The time zoomed by again. Um, I listed on uh, Facebook ways that people can uh, uh, access your world, both of your Fear and Strength uh, blog, your uh, books on uh, Amazon, your personal uh, Facebook, um, and uh, uh, you're, you're an awesome individual.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate being
1: on here, and, and I
3: really hope that... Uh, That this message continues to spread. If it were up to me, I'd make sure that there was a bodybuilding class in every physical education uh, program in schools and, and maybe one of these days. But so hopefully, hey, even if we just reach one of your listeners and they decide, hey, this is something that I want to check out, I consider that to be a success.
1: I'm of the same uh, philosophy. I, you know, I think uh, globally and I plan globally, and then work at it one person <laughs> at a time. And, uh, one person at a time. Absolutely. And the circle spreads. Yes, and it becomes bigger. And uh, uh, so uh, we're very like-minded uh, in that uh, regard. Uh, thanks again. Um, I wish you great success in uh, w- your Fury and Strength uh, fitness program and all things that uh, you attempt. And I thank you for your generosity for uh, sharing all this here with me and with uh, my audience.
3: Absolutely. It was my honor. I look forward to speaking with you again.
1: The same here. Take good care, my friend. Thank you. We're going to listen to Arabia. Uh, From Gaia Consort, and then we'll be back to the third segment of our show, Ron Carson's Coliseum. Welcome back to Voice of Olympus. I've never heard that song before and it ended uh, quite oddly. I need to listen to it again and uh, see what uh, uh, the message was uh, there. Um, And uh, our next guest, who is Ron Carson of Ron Carson's Coliseum, is now with us and we will be exploring the raid of Syracuse. Greetings and welcome. How are you, Ron?
5: Yasu Hercules, uh, I'm Yasu. good. I'm a little I'm early, glad. but uh, a little early, but I made it.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. And I had a short and puzzling song, so uh, um, I didn't continue it with another song. And uh, so we have our full amount of time uh, today, uh, something that rarely uh, happens with uh, the tides of, uh, of yes. uh, public yes. speaking. Now. We'll start off by talking about in Paradise a little bit, because uh, um, I've been visiting the community more um, these past uh, few uh, weeks, and uh, I missed it. And now that I'm coming back uh, more often, uh, I'm finding Mm -hmm. that uh, Mm -hmm. my appreciation of the site, and I always appreciated it, uh, has uh, greatly increased. There are a lot of new people there. Uh, from when I used to hang out regularly, uh, and they're all yes. contributing yes. To, to the site with uh, uh, information and uh, news and uh, uh, especially pictures and people's birthdays and uh, death dates. So uh, uh, it's a very great place uh, to get inspired. And as you know, uh, I work out while I either watch uh, Peplum films or I have Peplum pictures Uh, So uh, um, I'm very motivated by the peplum genre. So I'm very grateful for a place like Peplum Paradise.
5: Well, first of all, let's give our customary shout to the two creators of this wonderful group who I'm sure are listening from across the pond, Mr. Nick Whale and Mr. Stephen Smith, who uh, Mm -hmm. tend to bring us a drama-free and happy place to go to every day to extend our knowledge about the uh, sword and sandal genre of movies and to look back at some of the uh, terrific memories that we all, you know, have kept in our minds and our hearts with these pictures that they came uh, on and about. So uh, it's a very, very nice sight. I'm sure if you uh, chime in for an invite, they will accept you and you will not be uh, disappointed for sure. Nick and Steve do a fine job with this uh, group page, and like you said, I am happy to be a part of it. I check uh, the posts every single day when I'm on Mm -hmm. Facebook. It's one of the few places I like going to when I'm on there because I feel relaxed and I feel, you know, nostalgic. That's basically what it's all about, the memories. And to bring us back into a time, you know, where you and I used to go watch these films when we were kids and then we, we used to watch them in the afternoons on the Million Dollar Movie on Channel 9 when we uh-huh. had nothing to do, and we always were happy when we saw the Sunday paper and there was a peplum film you and I would be glued to the set, even though it was in black and white, not color, but still, it's, it counted, you know?
1: Right, right. I I remember we all had black and white sets, and the color set was a thing of luxury that... Uh, Correct. Uh, yeah, I, Correct. and I... I plan on uh, expanding uh, your show um, a little Mm -hmm. bit more next time we get together. We'll talk about the details, but um, we're both big fans of Peplum Paradise, and we're going to continue speaking about Peplum Paradise because that is an awesome and unique Mm -hmm. place. Uh, But I'd also start. I want to start exploring the other types of uh, Peplum uh, fandom that are out there, uh, especially Mm -hmm. on Facebook. Uh, because uh, uh, back in the day, I used to belong to several groups. And although uh, none of them was as uh, c- comprehensive and uh, homey like and uh, Paradise, uh, they did have their uh, very positive aspects that used to draw me back. So I think uh, – we will, just as a uh, long time ago we used to walk to Roussefouli and Romanu and Caminha yeah. and uh, all of those places, I think here we yes. can travel yeah. from site to site and uh, share with others the wonders that, that we find.
5: Memories of the old country. You just brought up some of the nearby villages from Mudra that we used to walk to, if you remember, during yes. the younger days. Yes, I, I remember. The beautiful spot uh, just outside Kaminia is Poyochny, if you remember. Yes,
1: one of the oldest cities in Europe.
5: Correct. Correct. And it's right in our backyard of Limnost. Isn't that amazing?
1: Yeah, that is phenomenally amazing. And it harkens back to the days of the Amazons uh, who lived uh, mm-hmm. in the ancient uh, cities and uh, tying us to Jason and the Argonauts and Hercules, who came to uh, where Camina is uh, near the Vulia and created uh, a temple to um, Athena as a young lady, as a nymph.
5: Well, Camina is well, a special Caminia's place so- because our grandmother is – was born there if you remember. Yes. And, because she was not a from Mudros, she was from kaminya
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And our grandfather was from a village west of there, Portianu. Yes. And
1: he so had uh, our grandparents
5: mother. were not were not. Mutro, were not Mudronians, so to speak.
1: They were they were Nouveau Mudronians. They became Mudronians. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Time, well because uh,
5: Mudros Next to Codopuli is the second largest uh you know area of the island. First, of course, is the capital Medina now. We're educating everybody about our homeland over here, which is well, A okay a in my books. And, and, uh, and on yes,
1: well, yeah, the east side a castle. we visited the castle. the
5: castle, remember?
1: Yes, yes, with the deer and, and uh all the secret passageways, it's a really cool place to visit.
5: Oh yeah. We were there uh, front row and center. But what I was saying, you know, being that Mirina was the capital and there's a lot of territory to explore, east of us there is the two biggest uh, villages, Kondopuli, which is north of Mudro, and
0: Mm -hmm. we're located
5: south of there. And that's basically why, you know, our grandparents migrated to Mudros, because it was bigger and better terrain, because they were born and raised in very small villages on the island, if you recall.
1: Yes, and I our And
5: our uncle, uncle Panayotti was also from a small island uh, in between, Carpasi, if you remember.
1: Yes. Have you ever been you to the me. I,
5: I always You're want making to me very him. homesick for the old country right now, Hercules, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Efestia
5: uh, is near uh, Mirina. Yes, but I, I never
1: got a chance to actually go and visit the... Uh, uh, the ruins uh, at the Vestia. Um, so that that's always been on my list, and uh, next time I go, that's one of the first places I'm going to uh, visit. Well, maybe festival. you and
5: I should make that pilgrimage together, being that That'd we've be done awesome. a lot of them in the past. So we need to make that one extra stop as cousins, you know?
1: Yep, and we'll we'll take those walks again because we uh, that that was a great uh, form of exercise uh, that we Absolutely. indulged. Absolutely.
5: In. I mean, the walks of the villages were good two- to three-mile walks, I mean, if you remember, too. Because in Greece, they measure metric, so it's kilometers. I remember when we
1: were kids, uh, we didn't know about uh, the naps, and we weren't used to sleeping in the middle of the day. Yeah, so we used
5: to explore. You and me used to just let everybody else snooze, and then we had to wear hats because the sun was blazing hot. And we would just take walks and just go to the other villages, and then we couldn't believe the quiet and the the, uh, slumber that was going on throughout everything. It's like you could hear a pin drop when we were going to the smaller villages, if you remember, because everybody was in the house sieste. Yes. So, you
1: know,
5: I never never got accustomed to the nap part of uh, being overseas, you know, but it's, it's still customary. Even in, even in the big cities like Athens and Salonica, they do that too. I remember they close up. Everything would close
1: for hours and and wouldn't open up. And and again, it, it it's a, it's a nice way of structuring your day. It's much more relaxing and less stressful than uh, uh, the type of uh, work days we have here. But if you're not Correct. used to it, and we certainly weren't. It was uh, it was yes. very difficult, yes. and and we used to play the radio as we walked around, and our tape recorders. So that used to upset right. people. I remember we had problems with uh, uh, people living in the villages saying we were Well, disturbing. we used to
5: record. Uh-huh. We used to record uh, air checks from the top 40 stations and bring them to Greece, so we can listen to American yes. music and. Remind ourselves of back in New York City, <laughs> the traditional Greek people weren't too happy about that. I remember
4: <laughs> when we were blasting
5: no. Dan Ingram on the radio and he was doing his one liners over introductions of songs. <laughs> one of my mentors, incidentally.
1: Right. And uh, back then we used to also record shows. Uh, we used to do skits yep. and uh, music shows. Oh, and, yes. And you always wanted to. Uh, go into that as a career, and you did, and I was admired that. It took me a while to uh, go back into the, um, go back into doing those types of things, and uh, uh, so I'm glad I'm back there too, because it is a lot of fun doing shows uh, together and well, separate. Well,
5: remember on my third birthday, I got a transistor radio for mom and dad. Yes, and I that
1: was like
5: that was my starting point in saying this is what I want to do. And I remember the first voice that I listened to when I got the transistor radio was that of my friend and mentor Dan Ingram on WABC, and that yes, led me I to remember. the path of doing what I'm doing to this day. Thank goodness, you know, I'm not getting rich over it, but I'm enjoying it. It sure beats a regular job, so to speak.
1: And that's a, that's a great thing. At the end of life, when you look back, um, I mm-hmm. I found because mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with people who were in that position um, in right. hospitals, in hospices, and in, during home visits, uh, the people who were th- the most content at the end uh, were the mm-hmm. people who did the things that they really wanted to do or had attempted them, because it's not really necessary to succeed. It's that you gave it your all and then you attempted it, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that's enough to ease your soul. You know, that, uh, and you don't have the regret of not having done it. Because uh, I found even working with people vocationally uh, that uh, a lot of people have regrets and they feel that uh, their life was wasted because they never did what their passion led them to do.
5: Well, like I said, certain family members of ours have always, you know, questioned my, you know, chosen path in life. And, it's basically what I want to do.
1: It, that's true of every family. Every family will challenge, uh, the dreams of its, uh, uh, younger family members. It's like a rite of uh, passage. Um, but ultimately and eventually, well, you know, but I don't life. agree
5: with the rite of passage. I don't agree with the rite of passage because I'm determined to continue doing what I'm doing. And that's entertain a radio audience each and every day when, when I'm coming into work and, uh, That's always been my mission is, you know, like I said, I'm not getting rich over it, but at least I'm making people happy. And
1: that's that's what it's all
5: about, to make people happy and to say that you've done something to make another person's day a little bit better by playing one of their favorite songs when they request it during the lunch hour or when, uh, you know, you try to inject your ebullient personality over the microphone and kind of like say to yourself, you uh, want somebody to be cheerful and listen on the other side. If they're having a bad day, to try to, you know, turn the tables and make it a better day for them, you know?
1: Right. And uh, um, it, uh, again, it's uh, these movies, we had a passion for, Uh, when Mm -hmm. we were young, are now, too, part of our uh, reality, and they've influenced us in various ways, uh, so much so that we're still, even though they stopped making these movies for the most part, uh, we're still aficionados of the genre, and uh, uh, we like uh, sharing that enjoyment with other people throughout the the globe. So it's very strange how, even in earliest youth, you kind of know what your bliss Mm -hmm. is, and you gravitate toward it.
5: Well, hence why Ron Carson's Coliseum is open for business again, and because we I'm like sorry. to preview a, a standout Peplum movie once a month, and this month I picked a doozy.
1: And I can't wait to hear about it.
5: Well, shall we commence? <laughs> commence. Sure i really think that. It. We should.
1: I've never seen it beyond trailers, by the way. Um, but uh, um, I, 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 I want to watch it through your eyes. <laughs>
5: Well, you know something? It's funny. This is one of those couple of movies I have on DVD that I can't put it in the player because it's region two and not region one, number one. Okay. Number two. I do remember seeing the picture on television at some point in my life. And it also uh, co-stars one of my top five actresses of all time. So uh, let's get to this right now, okay? We're talking about the siege of Syracuse. And we're not okay. talking about the salt city in upstate New York, where it snows a lot in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have we to should throw that in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Syracuse, New York, has also been an instrumental part of my life, if you remember, because I know a lot of uh, people from the media and radio and television in Syracuse. Uh, my so-called second father, Papa Joe Teresi, lived there, and uh, it was a staple at his uh, beach house in Sylvan Beach up until he passed away. And basically, fond memories of that central New York City, but I would never live there because the winters are really brutal, if you remember. No, the snow's quite yes, Syracuse, New York. But Syracuse, we're talking about, is the one in Europe, located mm-hmm. outside of Sicily. Okay? Right. And this Peplum film brings us back to the years 213. To 212 BC, if you remember before Christ, they went backwards in years and not forward. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Now, did you know that Syracuse in Italy was deemed a Hellenistic city, which means it has yes. Greek overtones?
1: Yes, The Hel- Hellenism had spread far and wide both before and after Alexander, although Alexander's conquest sped it, uh, it spread uh, uh, dramatically uh there were Italy was correct. called new, new Greece you know because there were so many Greeks uh living there mm-hmm. and uh, the Etruscans uh were related to lemnians uh, as well so those of us were lemnians. we have a pre greek uh uh and uh we mm-hmm. we were there uh, genetically at Troy and at uh, Eturia as well
5: correct but um The film in question that we're talking about, The Sea of Syracuse, is also focused on a very smart inventor who was also Greek. His name was Archimedes, a mathematician and scientist. and His key inventions actually played a key role in the protection of an invasion by the Roman Republic during that time. Uh Uh-huh. May I give you some examples?
1: Yes, of course.
5: Um... For starters, he invented the parabolic mirror and a device known as the claw that lifted enemy ships from sea, which attributed to a potential victory for the Syracuse people. So there you go. Yes. And the claw he was, he, he was actually, very involved, you know
1: ahead of his time.
5: Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, he uh, he was a scientist by uh, any standard, and a great one at that. And uh, his mm-hmm. life is phenomenally fascinating, and his uh, inventions even more so.
5: All right, and I'm going to blow your mind as to who played Archimedes in this picture. You've okay. heard of the Italian actor Rosano Brazzi, right? Yes. Well, he was cast in the role by the director, who was Pietro Francisi. Mm-hmm. And did you know that Pietro is responsible for bringing your persona Hercules on life to life in the big screen? He actually directed the first Hercules movie with Steve Reeves and Steve the Reeves? sequel awesome. Hercules Unchained. Wow! Okay, awesome. This is the same gentleman who uh, was behind the camera for those two first Hercules movies. That went on to do siege of Syracuse as well. Now,
4: uh-huh.
5: Razzi demonstrated the effectiveness of the character through creativity and dexterity, and the film focuses on the defense of his turf from Roman soldiers. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much was the, uh, you know, the general, the uh, architect of keeping his people. You know, you know, safe during this siege. And now we get to uh, my favorite actress in one of my top five of all time. Of course, we're talking about Tina Louise who also co-stars in this picture as she okay. plays not one, not two, but three roles in this movie. She's Artemis, Diana and Lucretia. Okay. And if you remember, this is her second peplum effort because she also portrayed the Greek poet Sappho in The Warrior Empress, which was also directed by Pietro Francisi. And in this picture, her versatility shines during her moments that are featured in this film in three different roles. So, And ironically, Tina is the only cast member who was not of Italian descent. In this movie. That's an interesting fact. So there you go. And the uh, cast also includes a crop of Italian actors and actresses who were big overseas. You probably remember some of these names yourself. Uh, okay. Sylvia Cusino was Cleo. Enrico Marino Salerno portrayed Gorgia. Lucian Marin and Alfredo Varelli were cast as Mara and Nitor. Pinitor. I guess that's the uh, that's the way that uh, name was pronounced in that movie. Okay. Um, but th- another pivotal character that should not be overlooked in this particular movie was that of Marcus Claudius Marcellus, who was portrayed by a very well-known Italian actor at the time, and his name was Albert Furniss. And he is definitely somebody that bears watching in this movie because, you know, he pretty much determined Archimedes' fate towards the end of the picture. Okay. And the beautiful part about the Siege of Syracuse is that it pretty much, you know, categorizes the whole episode of this moment in history um, in a sequential nature. From start to finish. So. That
1: sounds like an awesome movie. One that I would uh, like. I'm going to search the Internet archives to see if we can find a copy of it.
5: All right, there is a clip of Tina doing a marvelous belly dance on on the ship, awesome. where you know you, you will very much, you know, appreciate her talents in this peplum genre. I mean. She doesn't even have to say a word, but her talent shines in that particular scene, and it's amazing how uh, she leads the way. Because this is after the uh, Syracuse people, you, you know, pretty much celebrate their victory, and then the Romans go over to see this particular show that's going on in this and. Then later on, the Romans pretty much get their second wind. And then I don't want to give up the ending of this movie. You know what I mean? In case nobody, okay. is, they haven't audiences no, have not seen no, it. No You know spoiler. what I'm trying to say? But yes, uh, Tina's belly Thank dancing you. definitely was an integral part of the movie.
1: <laughs> wow, uh, th- that sounds uh, wonderful. And uh, as I said, that that sounds like something I would like to learn more about and see. So. Uh, uh, tomorrow my quest will begin. See if I can uh, locate clips and then uh, locate uh maybe... Well, you can find
5: clips on YouTube. Trust me. There okay. Are, they're so in there. I'll do
1: that tomorrow. And then I will I mean, will especially find, the, movie find
5: the belly dancing scene where Tina does that, uh, you know, royal dance. And uh, you'll be floored by her talent in this movie, for sure.
1: Okay. I, w- I will share that uh, on my page uh, tomorrow as well for those who okay. uh, might...
5: Uh, I'll be on about. the lookout for it.
1: So Tino made only yes. two uh, Peplen movies then.
5: She ironically, they were both made on the same year. She actually spent the entire year of 1960 overseas in Italy as she starred in Sappho as the Warrior Empress and also co-starred in Siege of Syracuse. And ironically, uh, Franchici was the director for both of those pictures. And like I said, she was the only non-Italian you know, member of the cast. That wasn't the case with Sapo because her co-star was Kerwin Matthews, who was also an established American actor.
1: So it, it's great that uh, the uh, Sword and Sandal era gave opportunities to many uh, people that we're familiar with uh, in other mm-hmm. uh, genres, uh, and uh, we got to see a, a greater range of their acting because uh, Um, some of their appearances in the the peplum genre were not typical of the type of work they did uh, previously or since. So it's always good to see uh, familiar faces and unfamiliar roles in the movie. Well,
5: like I said, one thing, I'm not a fan of typecasting. I never only refer to Tina as Ginger on Gilligan's Island. I always look at her other accomplishments that she's done on television, movies, stage, recording, I mean if you discovered how much she has done in show business besides the one role that everybody associates her with, you'd be surprised. And I will tell you one thing for sure. Every moment is magical. And I'm not just saying this because she's one of my top five actresses of all time. She is that good of a performer. That's basically it.
0: And that is an
1: awesome thing.
5: And I'm going to give you another historical note about this movie too, which I I'm forgot pasta. to touch on here. Um, this was not the first time this movie was made.
1: No, I'm going to kind
5: of pretty much surprise you and the audience over here. Okay. This was first. Uh, this was first released as a silent film entitled Kiberia. that I reenacted. Have you do. You, so you're, you're familiar with that.
1: Yeah. Cabiria uh, the, is the first appearance of Machiste, uh, who uh, that was one of the names, like the releasing movies is Hercules movies and Samson and Ursus mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Atlas and Goliath. Uh, were, in Italy, a lot of them were Machiste movies. And uh, Machiste right. means knife. And mm-hmm. it was originally a form of Hercules, Hercules Machistus, Hercules Metomacheri. And uh
5: caddy right. so, yeah, has to been recorded a... for night. It nice. took me a long time to find a copy, but,
1: but I have a good copy of... Uh, well, it um, dates back to
5: 1914, so it's going to yeah. be very difficult to find a copy of this picture. But it's that was the first time they detailed the siege of Syracuse on film, on the silver screen, way before the 1960 film came out. And the Francischi version brings us a dramatic sequence of events, like I told you, including the actual siege and sidebars which accent the highlights during this dark moment in world history, which actually did happen. This is not fiction; this was a factual moment in history, world history, the siege of Syracuse that actually did become you know a real life thing back in the days before Christ. This is way before Alexander the Great. Like I said, you're transported to 213, 212 BC in this picture.
1: Okay, so I have I have a, I have a new quest, and uh, I'm grateful to you for initiating the quest. Um, we've now reached the end of today's journey, but our journey will uh, continue both on and off. Oh, right the when we were having some fun.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on a
1: roll there,
5: Hercules. Okay.
1: Yes, you were. Uh, But to be continued, as always, uh, love you, Cuz, and I will talk to you very soon, and thank you so much for bringing your Coliseum to the show.
5: I love you, too, and uh, if you have not revisited this picture, you'll love giving this a second look. Or if you haven't seen it before, you're in for a real treat, I'm telling you, because this is truly a gem of a Peplum movie. Now, if only I can get a Region 1 copy of this on DVD, I'd be watching it right now after I finish my conversation with you.
1: I I will uh, add that to my quest, so hopefully I'll stumble across the copy.
5: Sounds like a plank, uh, Kaz. All right, thank you. Until next month, Uh, I will see you beforehand, because I am coming down to Jersey. We'll talk about that uh, in the days ahead, okay?
1: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to listen in honor of uh, uh, Tina Louise and her Warrior Queen uh, role. Um, music by Keliana called Warrior Queen.
5: I love it, Kalinita.
0: Kalinita. All right, I'll talk to you later, Chavez. Good pick too. I like that. Stay together. All right. Died here with honor today the warrior queen With my sword by my side
1: This is tonight's last uh, segment. I've been looking forward to it uh, since uh, the beginning of the show. Uh, with pride, I introduced Mythic Gaming with Tim Espy of Level 1 Games. Greetings, Tim. How are you?
6: Good evening. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, your uh, Level 1 Games is hopping. <laughs> last time I was there. Um, and you have so many things uh, going on, including uh, tournaments of different types. So I guess uh, I didn't have a chance to come this past week. Uh, I was in the area, so I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up.
6: Yeah, that would be great. It's always it's always fun seeing you.
1: So what has been going on uh, at Level One Games?
6: It's been it's usually busy, but these past few weeks have been exceptionally busy, which is uh, good, which is great. Um, there was a, a new Magic: The Gathering uh, set came out, so there was a bunch of new cards released. And uh, whenever that happens, we do pre-release events, so people can play with the cards a week early, and then the following week is when the set officially comes out. So those are always our busiest times, where we're here, you know, till two, three, four o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> wow. And what is the theme of this deck? I know they've had very many themes over the years, including uh, Greek mythology for a while. Um, And uh, what is the current uh, theme about?
6: The current theme, this one is about, it's the culmination, it's like the end chapter of this story that they were going with. Um, Okay. So if you're familiar with Magic the Gathering, there's planeswalkers who are like the, the strong, you know, spellcasters, I guess.
4: Right. And,
6: um, so they're they're fighting Nikobolus, who is the elder dragon, the the mean elder dragon. Um so it's the culmination of that storyline and the ending of that storyline. Um and what's special about this set is normally planeswalker cards are uh they're they're mythic, is their is their rarity actually. Um mm-hmm. And uh, normally you would get, it's usually, you know, two or three per booster box. Uh, but this set, they're they put a planeswalker in every single pack in a booster box. Wow! So there's a, there's a whole bunch of characters and some live, some die. I won't spoil anything, but
4: um, okay,
6: yeah, it's been it's been by far our best selling Magic set uh, since since we've been doing Magic, by 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 far.
1: Now, Magic is owned is currently owned by uh, Hasbro. Um, I remember yeah, Hasbro that, uh, Wizards of the Wizards
6: for a while. Yep. Yeah, they're still under the Wizards umbrella, but Hasbro is the overarching parent company.
1: Okay. And how um, have the cards evolved over the years? I I, uh, I remember when they first came out. Uh, I was a very big uh, Talisman fan. Talisman was a fantasy board game. And uh, friends who were familiar with Talisman told me that uh, uh, magic was like uh, Talisman on crack. So I really didn't (laughs) want to develop uh, an addiction that strong to a game. So uh, I think I resisted uh, learning about it. I I wound up with a lot of the cards over the years, um, but uh, never actually... uh, Uh, played consistently. Uh, One of my sons was very into it, and uh, Nicole Bolas, I remember, was a hard-to-find dragon. So we quested for and finally found Nicole Bolas uh, uh, for him. That's why I I reacted to the name when you said it, because I'm familiar with that particular dragon. Uh, So they made a whole story around uh, Nicole Bolas. That's awesome.
6: Oh, yeah, that's been the overarching story for the past uh, few years, I believe at least 2 but you know i think it was 3 or 4 they've been fighting him and he's been banishing people and killing the strongest things in the multiverse and um so yeah it's a whole big story arc involving him so i'm not sure where they're going to go with the next um with the next sets coming up uh, i'd be mm-hmm. curious to see but yeah he he's still the meanest strongest elder dragon <laughs> around
1: <laughs> I always wonder, because I know they did D&D crossovers, um, and D&D is also a Wizards product that's uh, currently owned by uh, Hasbro, and it has a phenomenally rich uh, uh, history. And uh, one of tonight's uh, guests, Ryan uh, Foley, who's a graphic novelist, a writer, and uh, a bodybuilder, um, he also was really into uh, R.A. Salvatore's... uh, Uh, Books, you know, about uh, Icewind Dale and the the world of the Forgotten Realms. And I was wondering why they didn't, uh, you know, like they were doing different mythologies up until fairly recently, uh, why they didn't tap more into these uh, worlds? Because I know people who are fans of these worlds would love another way of uh, entering into uh, that fictive universe.
6: I'm not sure why there weren't too many, D and D crossovers. Um they just recently started doing um some uh some places where they different they, they visit the different planes within the magic realm. Um I know they released uh ones for like Ravnica is a is a plane that is yes. you know, in the whole universe. Um I know they released a story about that for D and D and I think there was one or two others, but I I don't know why they could they could really do some really imaginative fun stuff if if, uh, if they, you know, if they release some books from that.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think it would be a lot of fun. And I know, like, with D&D, there have been board games now. I've seen board games. Uh, I acquired a couple of them and uh, um, hope to one day uh, do, like, a crossover with the role play in the board game. Um, as a lot of people do, I'm sure. Um, And uh, it was always a lot of fun to have computer games, too, that allow you to enter these uh, worlds. Um, And uh, I know I ran uh, um, groups in the Forgotten Realms, and we used to have magic uh, tournaments of the library occasionally uh, years ago. Um, that uh, kids from uh, the role-playing game always wanted to play the magic and then wanting to bring the magic into the role-playing game. Yeah, and, of course, we used to allow it. Uh, but it was always a lot of fun, like, crossing over into these various uh, uh, genres. And uh, the more they shared universes, the better it was.
6: Yeah, there's, there is a lot of crossover, like, coming from a business side of it, that, that, that I noticed that people that are into D&D or – Usually into magic, and the people that are into magic are usually into D&D. There's a there's a big crossover that I see. A lot of the guys that come play magic, you know, they'll come and do our D&D events too. So there there is a lot of crossover. Yeah, 'cause it's all it's all. I mean, fantasy is huge. You can go anywhere with it, but um, it just seems to to hit the same nerve for a lot of people.
1: Any Game of Thrones fans coming in looking for uh, ways of entering Westeros?
6: Yeah, a lot of Game of Thrones fans. Um, we had a couple uh, Game of Thrones themed. I think it was Monopoly or Risk, maybe. Might have been uh-huh. Risk. I forget. But but those have long long since since sold. Um, I, have, I have never never got into it. Um, a bunch of my friends that are playing uh, board games tonight, they were talking about the new episodes and stuff. But I never uh, I never got super into it myself. I tried reading. Uh, life... I read
1: the, through the first book, but uh-huh. Yeah, I couldn't get into the yeah, books i never watched either. the show. I read it through the first uh, two and two and a half or three books. Uh, I, I like the TV show. Um, and, mm. uh, I just started looking into like the role-playing, uh, game version of the Game of Thrones. And, uh, uh, again, if I ever run a role-playing game in Game of Thrones, uh, I'll probably just ignore the rule system and use one of the ones I'm already familiar with, you know? Uh, th- there's always yeah. a steep learning curve with learning in your system. And so it's all in- in- intricacies. And at this point, other than what I'm doing at the library, I'm not playing anything, uh, socially. So, uh. Uh spending time on learning your rules just doesn't fit into the picture
6: yeah the, my the my friend that I'm playing board games with now um he's setting up a new campaign for us to do just outside of the store just at home for fun um oh, awesome. i believe I believe he's gonna call in next time we speak um Fantastic. that's the current plan at least uh so I, you you got you guys have to talk you you <laughs> would get on really well with each other.
1: Fantastic. I can't wait to meet him. And a month passes by like that, as, as we've seen. Yeah, I uh, can't
6: believe it's been a month, month already.
1: <laughs> Bye. Um, it must be very satisfying to you, too, that, to have dreamed up uh, Level 1 games and uh, uh, to have uh, uh, anticipated uh, the possible directions that it could take, and then to see all that play out in front of your eyes. Uh, that must be very satisfying.
6: Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, like, I, I never saw it being this this crazy. You know, I, I knew that it would be something special when when it when it got going, and uh, but it's it's really taken a life of its own, and the community here is is amazing, and you know, a lot of my friends that I'm now friends with, I've met through here. You know, um, wow. The, the, Person, the person that I keep bringing up that we play board games with, um, you know, I, I see him outside of the store, you know, a couple times a week, either going over to his place and playing some board games or him coming over and doing whatever. Um, like I'm going over to his house tomorrow because I helped him move recently, so we're having a pizza party for that, you know. So the the, 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 the friends that you make and, and the community that it builds, is, I don't think there's really anything like it.
1: No, I remember when I, I used to be more involved in gaming than I currently am. Uh, the the best uh, you know, friends that I had uh, during that period were gamers. And uh, a, a lot of people think that uh, gamers are like trying to escape reality um, or, uh, you know, like a retreat into fantasy. I've heard that uh, thrown at uh, gamers. Uh, but it isn't that. It's uh, you If you have an imagination... Um, you can like think outside the box with uh, gaming. The rules of physics could be different rules. You know, there's all sorts of different situations. So, gaming forces you to use your imagination uh, and to come up with uh, solutions to situations that you're not likely to encounter uh, in our uh, physical reality. So, it really exercises your brain and uh, i've seen people develop skills through uh, uh the characters that they assume in a role playing game and it's 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 wonderful i've seen people become leaders uh where before they weren't uh, by playing leaders in role playing games
6: absolutely like i think um especially now i see it more now where uh like online games are more popular um uh, uh-huh. that that it, it, it helps with, with social interaction and, and you're really talking to a bunch of people and then that transfers over to your real life where maybe if you're not comfortable with yourself or you're not comfortable with other people, you're talking to people not face-to-face, but you're still engaging in conversation and then that can snowball into, oh, well, maybe, you know, I will go to this local game store and come sit down and hang out. Right. And then that, you know, completely changes everything.
1: Do you have ways? Really,
6: a lot of uh...
1: virtually. Say again. Uh, So you have ways where people who can't make it to the shop can join you virtually.
6: Oh no, I don't have that yet. I'm I'm just saying that like, a lot of times when people aren't comfortable, they they play online, but then they get comfortable with themselves, and then that can bring them out into the real world, if you will, and and and. You know, and, and interact face to face with people when they might have not been comfortable enough to do that unless they built up the courage or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, via online interactions.
1: That's a very good point. I, that That is a very good point. And uh, the. I've, I've, for- I've had it happen to
6: one of my friends personally. So, yeah.
1: You've had it happen to one of your friends personally?
6: Yeah, yeah. I I knew him just via online only. He was an online friend, and uh, I talked to him for, for years, you know, and then finally, you know, he was like, oh, like, you know, he, t- he told me his backstory about how he's, you know, he called himself awkward and, and you know, uncomfortable or, or whatever the words he was using. And, you know, just from talking to a bunch of people online, he b- built up the courage, you know, to, to not – be uncomfortable with normal interaction in the real world, right. if you will.
1: And that, that is an incredibly awesome uh, thing. Technology, uh, despite many of the uh, concerns that it's raising, is bringing us many inestimable gifts that we would not otherwise enjoy. Absolutely. Now, um, there was, uh, last time I was at uh, the shop, Um, I saw that there were like a lot of uh, figurines that you were carrying, and I I purchased one of uh, uh, the Hercules of the, uh, um, I believe, uh, um, is it Pokemon universe, or (laughs) I don't know what universe. Uh, 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 uh,
6: Dragon Ball.
1: Dragon Ball. Okay, there we go. (laughs) And uh, my son told me a lot more about him. He he knows all about him, and he's uh, played him in games and things. So uh, there are a lot of uh, manifestations of mythic figures uh, coming out. Uh, uh, We talked about uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We talked about the God of War number four, Um, and we talked about... uh, I believe it's uh, the labyrinth or the minotaur. I don't remember what the the other one was called, but uh, mythology tends to play out and even invented mythology um, tends to grow and expand like, like these franchises uh, um, that we had talked about, like magic, the gathering, the current story is uh, a continuation of other stories. So the, the story moves on through the, through the cards.
6: yeah they keep they keep pushing and pushing through with especially with magic um that they'll bring up past people that haven't been seen for years literally years in in the books or the card games or or they they always bring it back around to to something I'm waiting for them supposedly, so we talked about the um like gods and myth and mythological people right they're from the theros plane.
1: Theros, there, yes.
6: Thing. Yep, um there's talks which would be awesome if they were because they went back to Ravnica again, there's talks about possibly going back to Theros so we would get those oh, gods awesome. or new ones as well, which would be awesome because that some of the gods are and especially and even just their their character designs like on the cards are amazing.
1: Well, that was always the good thing about magic—you could collect it and not play it, you know, because the cards uh, uh, had excellent art.
6: Yeah, I have plenty of cards that are in my in my binder that I just have because the art is amazing. <laughs> I'll never play them, but it just looks really cool.
1: <laughs> so, where do you see the near and the far future heading in the the world of uh, gaming?
6: Um, I think I think it's still on the rise. Video games have kind of slowed down just a little bit, but um with every set that Magic releases, it seems to be getting more and more popular. Like I said, this has been the best-selling card thing that we've ever done. Um I don't know if they'll be able to keep that trajectory of all these crazy sets coming out, but it would be nice. Um Yes. But I, I uh, Pokemon has kind of slowed down a little bit. There was a big resurgence, I think, when Pokemon Go came out, but so that's kind of slowed down a little bit. But Magic is just still the still the workhorse, still pushing through. Um, but I, I, I see I see it still still growing and growing and and uh, people still want going back to video games. People still want physical media. Um, Xbox or Microsoft just released a new Xbox where there's no uh, disk drive. It's all downloadable only, but okay. I haven't seen it that nobody's really talked about it. And people still want that tangible item that they can have. You know, they buy a, a, a new game or they buy a game and they open it up and there's a disk in it. And, you know, it's just there's something, like there's that too. something nice about the, the tangibility, you know.
1: Um, I, I like that too. I like actually owning it and taking it out of the box and all this other stuff. And uh, um, I, I, I have a PlayStation Three. I don't have a PlayStation Four yet. Uh, and I can download things, but I really haven't.
6: Right. Yeah, I, I rarely download. If I'm playing um, like my console stuff, I play on PC a lot too. But that's re- usually just download only. Um, uh-huh. but, but my. My consoles. I'm, I still like to have the the physical, you know, physical item.
1: So things are are, are moving forward. Magic seems to be the hot thing uh, right now. Um, and uh, is PlayStation gonna have a downloadable only uh, machine too, or are they sticking with the uh, uh, buying discs and so forth?
6: Uh, from the very early you know, press releases and leaks and stuff for the PlayStation five. It looks like it's definitely still, um, disc based, uh, based on that, it's rumored to be able to be backwards compatible. How far backwards compatible? We're not sure. At least to, from, uh, it'll be able to play PS4 discs is what okay. the speculation is. I don't know how far it'll go back. If it will go back anymore, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, they, they seem to be sticking with with uh, with disc-based stuff. But that won't come out for another, I think, at least two, three years, is a speculation at least. Okay,
1: so we time. Yeah. It would be great if they made something that was backward compatible all the way to the PS1 and included the PSP. Oh, and my Lord God. W- that would be
4: awesome.
6: <laughs> I w- they would make so much money. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, that, that's what everybody wants because the the the, the PlayStation Four isn't isn't backwards compatible at all. Um, right. So people have been complaining about that, even though it's the still the better selling console out of the Xbox and the PlayStation, but that seems to be the biggest strike against them.
1: Yeah. Well, we can we can, we can dream and we can make our desires known and uh, maybe. Uh, um, someday someone will listen because uh, I, I know I picked up uh, like an emulator type of thing that where you could play the cartridges uh, and that's been fantastic for me you know uh, whenever I wax nostalgic and I want to try something from you know Super Nintendo I could put it in there and play it and then I could also take out a Nintendo game and play it and uh, it, it's really fantastic haven't been able to get my game genie to work yet but that's okay <laughs>
4: Yeah,
6: the game genies are notoriously finicky, especially when using it on like newer uh, hardware. Right. They don't seem to li- they don't seem to like it too much.
1: Well, anyway, that that too will be fixed in in time. And uh, um, <laughs> as you and others have told me, you can download the stuff now for onto your computer and play it. So I haven't explored that option yeah. yet, but one day I will.
6: It's good, but it's not exactly the same. You know.
1: No. The controller is not the same either.
6: No, certainly.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm looking at our clock, and we have four minutes left of our journey. It's zoomed by very quickly. I'm really looking forward to having a third person uh, next time or the time after. That, that uh, will be an interesting evolution uh, in our conversation, and it'll change uh, um, our podcast. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it.
6: Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Um uh, I'm I'm really excited for uh for you to speak with him. I don't think you've ever crossed paths with him um okay. in your journeys here. Um but uh he's really interesting, super smart. Um he's usually the the game master for us. Um I think you would get along very well.
1: Now, I just thought of something. Um, I'm working on a, a role-playing game, uh, and I'm, like, playtesting it with younger kids at the uh, uh, Kreskel Public Library. So as this project uh, goes further down the line, uh, maybe I could play test it at level one games and, you know, have people try something that's going to come out at some point, And their names could go down uh, as playtesters, uh, so they can put that on a resume. Uh, that's something that won't be happening for a while yet, but I can talk to you when that time uh, is here.
6: Yeah, that that would be awesome. I love when I, I've demoed a couple games
1: uh, in the store, and
6: it's and it's always awesome. a great time. Um, my friend that you'll be speaking with, his aunt and uncle run uh, a, a board game company where they make board games, so he is usually their playtester as well, along with other people. Um, so it, it would be a it would be a very good fit.
1: Thanks again. I wish you great success uh, at everything you're doing. It sounds like you're getting more than your share of that, which is awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next uh, conversation, be it at uh, level one games or on the podcast.
6: Absolutely. Looking forward to it as always.
1: And I want to thank all who've joined us uh, tonight who are, or who are going to join us at a later uh, time uh, through on demand. Uh, Until next time, this is Tim and Hercules wishing you joyous journeys and happy adventures. Thanks for listening
0: to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.